So, Jahao, I know you just voted for the first time a couple of weeks ago. Are you happy with the way that election turned out in Canada? Uh, see, I knew I knew we would have to talk about this eventually, but as you know, the Canadian election is well, it's over. That's all I can. That's what I can say. Um, are you are you from Are you very familiar with the results of Canada? Unfortunately, I have not actually looked into them as much. I was getting some notifications uh, last night just about like who is winning seats and what the projections were, and I checked in occasionally, but I haven't looked since last night. So I'm actually not really sure what ended up happening, but I hear that Trudeau has maintained power. Yeah, he, he, he did maintain power, which you know is, is a victory for him. But see, I mean, the whole point of this project, the whole point of this election was you know, to his goal, at least, right, was to um, try and maintain, try and obtain a majority in the government. So he basically needed to gain 17 more seats in parliament uh, from what he had before. And, well, he, um, he, let's just say, let's just say he didn't do that. Let's just say none of the other parties really did anything either. Like, the, the results are, are almost identical, like, Maybe three, four, five, six seats difference between the various parties, but they're, they're almost identical to what they were before. So this whole thing, you know, was basically just a waste of time and money, especially during you know the critical period of of, of COVID. So <laughs> it looks like on Wikipedia that no party gained more than three seats at all, which is very minuscule. Yeah, uh, and. Yeah, Trudeau is set to gain three seats, which I mean, you know, it's 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 whatever. Three seats isn't going to make a difference, and it certainly didn't make a difference. Um, he didn't get the majority. He didn't get the majority that he wanted. Um, the Conservatives didn't, you know, win outright. Um, the Bloc Québécois, the Quebec Party, they didn't. Well, I guess, I guess they kind of achieved their goal. Um, the NDP didn't, you know, have bigger gains and the Green Party didn't expand at all. So really almost no party even got what they wanted either. So again, right. it just drills, drills even harder, the, the whole waste of time and money. Functionally, what would have Trudeau gained having a majority in parliament versus what he is now? Oh, everything. I mean, you know, when you have right now, because, because you know, to pass laws, to pass bills and everything, you have to, you know, have a majority all of them are voted on and of course you need a majority right so if you have a majority in parliament that means you can you know your party is able to just pass whatever bills it wants so you don't need to convince other parties but now because he doesn't have a majority um he needs to you know sort of moderate uh, his legislation to you know have other parties on his side whether it be with you know the new new democratic party which is more conser- which is more sorry which is more progressive or you know with the conservatives who are more conservative of course um but you know it's 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 and so and so that's the whole reason why this election was called in the first place because Trudeau didn't he didn't have that so he wanted to have that and so he called an election but now you know Canada has has firmly stated that we don't we want you know checks and balances so so to say um by not giving justin trudeau like a clear majority mandate 
Which it sounds like he's claiming he has based on his victory speech. I mean, he's claiming he's claiming that like Canadians have given him a clear mandate to continue what he's been doing, but which I, I guess it's true to an extent. But like, come on, you just wasted six hundred and sixty million dollars on an election which did literally nothing. So <laughs> it's 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 not the most exciting of things. Just you know. It does look like, according to Wikipedia, that the the Green Party leader, uh, Anami Paul, lost her election. I don't know if that means yeah. I don't know what that means functionally in terms of like her staying in power and whatnot because she's lost before. I mean, the Green, but that seems like something notable. The Green Party of Canada is is really just you know, sort of a fringe party at this point. Um, it, it's funny it was with Anami Paul, especially right, the the leader of the Green Party in this election. The conventional wisdom of what people have been saying is that, you know, before this election, before the election was called, there was so much infighting among the Green Party that people were saying that if this election were not called now, then she would have been kicked out of the leader of, you know, the leader position before, you know, having without even having the experience of an election. But, you know, now that she's lost, (laughs) that's just even more of a guarantee that she'll be kicked out of the leadership position. So there'll be another Green Party leadership election yada yada um i mean and for the other parties who knows what's going to happen you know they're not exactly super interesting either (laughs) and it's interesting it seems like or maybe it's me just not knowing enough about canadian politics but she didn't appear to actually have a seat at all in parliament she was just running for one and she didn't win it yeah she didn't have a seat in parliament she had she ran in the in a by-election so like you know, in when there's not an election and then somebody just resigns, there's a by-election to fill the seat. She ran in that. She ran in a by-election like a year ago, and she came in second, so she lost, but she was decently close. But this time, in in the same riding, the same constituency, she came in fourth place. So that's like a very, very, very firm rejection. And it looks like she only won eight and a half percent of the vote, which is or preliminarily, which is yeah. which is not fourth good for her. place behind you know like all of the other major parties. So one thing I heard about the election was that the People's Party was doing better than expected in in Alberta and I believe in Edmonton, which cost some of the, the it may have cost the conservative seats. I don't know how how accurate that was. I think but it, it did look like the. I think the NDP got a seat in Edmonton or somewhere in Alberta. I think I think they're saying that they cost like the Conservatives three seats in Alberta because of you know vote splitting, but it's not you know even even if even if you know one hundred percent of people's party the people's party you know is the far right sort of party, not really a factor in Canada, but you know even if a hundred percent of them had voted conservative right the increase would only still have been you know what five six five seats six seats so not 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 enough to take power remotely by any means but it'll be i guess i guess interesting to say to you know to see how 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 things proceed um can you can you, you can just are you able to feel my enthusiasm for this whole situation it 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 feels like in general the election wasn't really as exciting or as hyped about as others that I would have. Well, everybody, everybody other than Justin Trudeau, like, did not want this election. <laughs> yeah. So, 
But in any case, this is a podcast about transit talk and not Canadian election 2021. Justin Trudeau tries to get a majority but fails talk. So what are we what are we talking about today? Well, it's it's September and it's been a while since we've done a, a transit review. And given that we've both been to to some cities in the U.S., we, we do have common ground that we've both been to New York. And given that it is one of the most prominent subway systems uh i i would think it's a great uh a great time to do a transit review of new york specifically and also of the the outer line commuter rail networks too because obviously new york's uh transit is not just a subway mm-hmm. well yeah i mean you know the biggest city in the united states financial center of of you know arguably the world um transit is uh also an experience to say the least so so i mean why don't we start off let's uh talk a little bit about our own experiences in New York. So I've been to New York City, I think, three times? Twice or thrice? I think, uh, thrice, yeah. So the first time wasn't really anything. Um, I just took the subway round and round. The second time, the second time that I stayed there, stayed there was for, I think, about a week or so. Yeah, a week or so. Um, to attend summer camps, um, and so I also had a chance to ride the subway and, and uh, you know, walk around the city, get the feel for the place. And then the third, the third time was all was you know during a, a long road trip, um, and so I stayed there I think about four or five days. So not a long time, you know, by any means, but mm-hmm. I um, I have had experience in in New York City. I am aware of. I, I have had experience in, in, in the subway um, and as well as of, of much of, you know, the the pros and the cons of the system and all the other uh, all the other transit systems, the commuter rails that that are in New York City. But what about you? I've been to New York three times. Oh. I first went in 2011 when I was pretty young, but I still remember most of that trip. Uh, we went with with friends, who were also the ones who took us to Europe on the private jet. So, <laughs> Casual, casually drop that in. Well, it didn't it influenced the trip in that we would stay at a nicer hotel than we normally would, um, right by Central Park. So we were I was pretty close to the Columbus Circle and Fifty Ninth Street stations, and most of what we did was I guess centered around there. We didn't really go out into the, the boroughs as much, but. Uh, I came back in 2017 because my mom had had um, work stuff to do in New York. So, well, I spent some of the days in her office. We still had a couple days to go around, and we stayed in Brooklyn that time, mostly because the hotels were cheaper, uh, which was interesting because I'd never really been to that part of the city. Um, so that obviously created a different experience because I spent more time in Brooklyn than I would otherwise. And then I went back, as we've talked about on, on, the, on this podcast, I was there in uh, July for a couple days, uh, visiting colleges and we only ended up spending like less than 48 hours in the city but uh, still had some transit experiences on the subway and we went to a, a baseball game which was something i hadn't done uh, at least the yankees game i'd never been there before so that was interesting so all three of my experiences i guess were, were different in their own ways i believe 2011 was the the trip i spent the most time in new york on and unfortunately the one i remember the least about but they're all they're all memorable Mm-hmm. So let's talk about, you know, of course, the the pride of New York City's transit systems. Um, second oldest subway system in the world, actually. Um, 
the New York City subway. When was it opened? Opened in... 1904. 1904. That's right. Um, so let, let's just start with some, some general general opinions on that. What what how, how have your experiences been in the New York City subway? My experience has been maybe mixed. It's certainly not the the nicest or the cleanest oh, or that's, the, that's the an, most aesthetically pleasing. That's an understatement. <laughs> it's. I I don't know that I'm the biggest fan of all of the stainless steel involved in in building the the rail cars and the the inability to walk between cars, which so many people constantly break every day. But you know. It's obviously very extensive, and the frequencies are great. So from a, from a ridership perspective and being a rider on it, it's nice that you can rely on it for the most part. But, of course, there's there's plenty nicer around the world that are both just cleaner and, and use better rolling stock and, and are much better designed and whatnot. But it's, it's, I, don't, I, th- I think it's great because it, it runs so far, and uh, it's, it gets the job done. Yeah, I think, you know, in terms of... My own experience, I, you know, coming from a place which doesn't have, you know, subways at all, um, when I was in New York, it was like, oh my God, yeah, transit that runs all over the city, right? So it's, um, it was incredibly, an incredibly thrilling experience to be there. Um, but, you know, when I, if I sort of step back and think about it objectively, especially when compared to, you know, better transit systems elsewhere in the world, the problems are quite astounding. Um, so I know, for example, uh, you know, for example, the MTA, right? The the um, the, the 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 agency that runs the New York subway, um, they have designated some problems as well, including, for example, overcrowding, um, flooding, which happens surprisingly often, especially during you know storms and hurricanes. Um, and, you know, the aforementioned filth, it's absolutely not a secret that the United, uh, that the New York City subway is astoundingly dirty, um, just trash strewn everywhere, um, and then rats, what, there's, there's, you know, every, every now and then, uh, an infamous New York City subway rat video goes viral across the internet, eh? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, which which it's 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 honestly become you know sort of a symbol of the subway system in its own right. Um, but you know, in my own experience, I definitely agree that you know it's it's definitely good. To, the frequencies are absolutely amazing. Um, the experience itself, though, is is not so great because of the filth, but also because you know when I was there during the summer. A lot of the stations and a lot of the train cars... They're just so hot. Yeah, they don't have air conditioning. A lot of them, at least. Which was, which was and the, horrible. And the stations are even, are even worse. Oh, yeah. No, I remember... I remember, like, it was, like, past midnight in a station. And then, you know, the station was super hot. The trains were going by because, you know, the trains, of course, they bring heat. The insides of the train are, like, air-conditioned. Um, and... You know, it's it's the the noise everywhere as well. It wasn't exactly pleasant. It was, but you know, sort of the feel of the big city. Eh? And sometimes it's nice to kind of have that experience of like a dirty train or like the exhilaration of, right. a, of a big city subway. But it's it's so it's so endemic in New York, and it's widespread that sometimes it can just be too much. Right. Absolutely. Um, 
And I also, I, also another sort of big problem that I have with the New York City subway is like the super loud screeching noise of the the rails. Have you had? Have you experienced that before? It's it's if to my memory, it's it's bad when the trains are pulling into the station, especially. Well, that's when you hear it for the most part, or if they're they're going by, well, it, or speeding through a station. I mean, it was horrible for me because I remember like sometimes I remember like like you know especially when. Not not like the train rumbling, but like when when they sort of stop or when they turn or whatever, and they, it's just the loud like metal on metal like screeching sounds, you know, the the, the scraping <laughs> sounds, and so I, I I remember like vividly, I vividly remember like this one time I was stood outside of I on I think it was honestly Columbus Circle, um, but I was walking toward the entrance to the 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 red line the one train. And I just, just for, even from the outside of the station, I heard the subway screeching noise. And I just, just, I can remember just vividly thinking, like, oh my god, like, if I were to experience this, you know, twice a day, three times a day, every day of my life, then, like, my hearing would, like, just die after five years, ten years, you know, much less 60, 70. You know, I'd go deaf pretty soon. So, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I do not find that, that aspect pleasant at all. Well, what's interesting is that the, the grinding of the wheels against the tracks also is, is really bad for air quality too. And it, uh, there was an NYU study in February of 2021 that, that said the air quality in, in MTA and also past stations too is, is hazardous at times with the amount of PM2 from, from the, the wheels like grinding against the tracks and oh, really? releasing pollutants. Really? I mean, I know that, like, you know, for example, another, other things that I've gone viral include, you know, um, I think there's there's a few people who have, you know, actually clean tried to clean a few of the station floors or whatever, and they reveal, like, all the filth over the path, like, what, 20, 50, 100 years. I know, like, that, a lot of that stuff is, like, plain out, flat out hazardous to health. But I didn't think, I mean, the noise as well, or the wheels... Yeah, it's like the noise is bad, and and the air quality inside stations is bad. The the air in the subway is actually quite nice because it, it's refreshed. It, it says eighteen times an hour, but the subway, the stations themselves are, are not a good place to be. Uh-huh. Definitely. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember if I could tell a little st- a little anecdote of this one time. Of another experience that I had. Sorry, this is sort of back on the topic of rats, if possible. Um, I remember I was sitting at, like, I think the Columbia University Station at, like, what, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., and I was planning to take the the, the train back to where I was staying, Um, which which is convenient because, you know, the trains run 24 hours in New York. Uh, But I just remember, you know, being tired and fatigued from a day of, of you know working or studying i was just sitting there at the bench waiting for the next train to come in like 15 minutes or whatever and i just remember you know sitting at the seat sitting at the on the bench by the wall i can see like out by the the you know further further down on the platform further up on the platform closer to where the trains are just this humongous rat like and i swear it was about a foot long just crawled out from somewhere, from behind a pillar or something. And I could just see it walking, yeah. you know, in, uh, walking, just, I could see it just, just going, like, 
along the platform. I could see it, you know, going down and down, down the platform. And and I I I I remember, you know, just thinking like, oh my god, am I am I dreaming? Like, is this real? Because you know, it's two a.m., three a.m. I'm fatigued after a day waiting in the New York City subway station. Nobody else is around. Is this really happening? <laughs> is there really like a foot long rat just just which just crawled out from somewhere on the New York City subway and is just you know waddling its way down down the platform? I have no idea, but that is definitely you know Columbia Columbia University should you know in theory be one of the more upkept stations, but yeah, you would think you'd think, but <laughs> it's um yeah rats. Moral story, rats. <laughs> and, and yeah, unfortunately, I don't have any experience with rats, and I I did not see one when I was at the Columbia Station. Uh, but oh, maybe clearly they are a problem that needs to be addressed. Yeah, were you there at two thirty a.m.? Because I I suppose that's probably when you know the bulk of them actually come out. Well, that well that's when the most of the people aren't there. Right, precisely. Precisely. So I guess maybe the, the rats become the, the waiting passengers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, you know, we, I guess we sort of bash the, the New York City subway a bit, but definitely pros. Um, pros, as you mentioned, very, very extensive coverage, um, running all the length of, of, of Manhattan, um, lots of lines into the Bronx, um, lots of lines into Queens and um, Brooklyn as well. Uh, 24-hour service, uh, the trains go to, uh, you know, a lot of places along as well. Um, yeah, any other pros that you'd like to mention? Well, I think it's interesting that for a subway system that's developed really interdependent of of one another with, maybe not interdependent, but there was, there was essentially like, Two different operators, to my knowledge. I think it was like the IRT and the BRT. Could be totally wrong, but it was it was developed largely separate of one another, with tracks not being really connected. Uh, and in large part, that's still the case today, with uh, uh, essentially sets of different numbers or, or letters together that all use the same tracks, but they're not connected. And and for a city that's managed to have such uh, unconnected uh, uh, networks, it's managed to do a really good job of connecting all of those lines together at transfer stations. Or uh, I, I guess there are stations like Times Square where you have double platforms that allow for multiple lines to, to stop there without having to transfer to a different set of platforms. But overall, I'm very impressed at how they've managed to link a, a variety of different uh, ex-individual uh, companies. It's like it's like the, the Toy and Tokyo Metro where they've managed to do a good job of connecting them even though they use different sets of tracks. And obviously now it's all operated by the MTA, but at one point that was not the case. Actually, actually, can we talk about that point about, you know, having multiple different lines come on the same platforms? Do you, what do you think of, what do you think about that? You think it's, it's... I think it's, I think it's, it's necessary. Well, like, especially because in New York, uh, most of the, the lines have express trains and local trains. And if you're trying to, to go from, say, Columbia University to, I don't know, Fulton Street, the, the express trains don't stop at Columbia University. So if you want to, go south you have to like get off at i think 96 or something and, and if you can just walk across the platform to the express train that's really easy and, and a lot of times that's actually what japan does too so if you want like quick connections where you don't have to actually change platforms it's really i think it's necessary yeah let's talk about that as well because to my knowledge um the new york city 
subway is the only one in the entire in the entirety of the United States which has this sort of system of local express trains. Um, you know, the majority of systems in the U.S. And, and indeed around the world are oh, all the trains which go along the line stop at all stations, right? And then they come one by one by one by one by one. Um, so you know, you look at um, you know, for example, for example, um, for example, uh, Bard, right? Which um, mm-hmm. which stops at all the stations in line, with you know rare exceptions, um, or for example the Washington D.C. Or, or Boston subways. You know, the trains go stop at all stations on the line. What do you think of that? Because I think I think that that system, at least when I first arrived, it was super confusing. Because it is, it is. Because you know, the conventional knowledge, right, is is that. The conventional knowledge, and at least what I had thought in the first place, is that you know you you go to go to a station, right? You see it is part of this line, right? And you think, ah, okay, if it's traveling this direction, it must stop at all the stations. You see it's you know red or green or whatever, and it goes, oh, it's like ah, yes, the, my my destination is also on the red or green or whatever line, um, and so you take the train down. But then surprise, surprise, don't know that it's a local that it, that it was it's an express train that actually doesn't stop. Where you want to go. I, 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 it was super confusing the first time. And I actually had, like, sort of, um, had to spend, like, waste a lot of time, like 20 minutes or something in, in, like, a station just because I I took an express train there and the next one wasn't supposed to, supposed to arrive for, like, another, like, 20 minutes or so. What do you think about Mm -hmm. this whole system? I think it's, it's good that at least, Say for the for the for the green lines, I forget what their actual name, but like the, the, the Lex- Park Avenue Lexington subway or whatever, the Lexington Avenue. Avenue. Yeah, Lexington. it's it would be way more confusing to have say like a four and a four express that come maybe like every two minutes, but like you could easily get on the wrong train. But at least it's nice that you know like every single four is going to be an express for for the same stops, or every single five is going to make the same stops. So at least there's. It's it's almost like there's just a variety of different services running on the same line that I think is at least slightly less confusing than if you were to have uh, different expresses for, like, the four or the different expresses for the five. But the signs also do make it confusing about yeah. when express service runs. Like, is it late night or which platform does it use or which stops does it make? Not Yeah, not to mention, like, like if you want... To, if you want to differentiate between the different lines, you have to look on the map, and you can't look at only the station or what line it's on. You have to look underneath the station to see underneath the station name on the map to see, you know, oh, is it is it served by only Express or Express and Local or, or whatever, right? Right. And, and I think the maps are doing a better job, especially, like, if you're on a train about which stops you're getting off at. Um, and I think it's, especially if you live, if you, I mean, for me, at least I feel like I've been on, on the, on the, the Lexington Avenue ones enough that I'm getting the hang of which streets are the biggest ones or the express stops. But obviously for a tourist, it's going to be hard to, to figure that out. Yeah. Quickly. It's not beginner friendly at all. And, um, speaking of beginner friendly, another, we're, we're back on the negatives, but like another really, another aspect of the New York city subway, which really, you know, struck me in the beginning as as super confusing is what we mentioned before what you mentioned before the whole the whole concept of different the whole concept of you know different lines stopping at the same station on the same platform um 
Yeah, that was super confusing for me when I see like, oh my god, there's like, you know, three trains. You know, if there's multiple platforms on the station, there's like, oh my god, three, four trains here. Some I have to go up, like up the stairs and onto the other platform. Which one do I take? You know, which one is my train? How am I supposed to know this? Because, you know, some another thing that New York City is infamous for is, you know, not being consistent. You know, there may be multiple trains going in the same direction, but, you know, you don't know. It, it, it's not, you know, as easy as other systems where it's like, oh, there's two pla- there's two ends of the platform. One is going one direction and the other one is going the other direction. Right. Some could very well be on the uh, on like the left side of the platform going 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 I guess south or or like operating as if it was in like a Commonwealth country. Yeah, <laughs> drive on the left. It, you're right. It is very not it's not beginner friendly whatsoever. And I think the signage has improved at least when I was there in in the summer. It was fairly marked as to as to where you need to be, and I didn't have any problems getting on the right train it was actually inconvenient that uh, there was a lot of express trains that were just skipping an entire section of stops uh for track work which is annoying but besides that i mean the, the signage has improved i think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean the signage has improved but then again you know there's also also the other problem of like i you know the, and there's also numerous videos about this on the internet but like for example two trains pull into the same platform going the same direction which one leaves first, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, again, it's not like it's not like other systems where, where the trains come one by one by one in su- succession. But there may be multiple trains of the same line on the in the same station, right? At different platforms, and it's just super confusing because you know the the, the first train that arrives is not necessarily the first train to depart again, um, which. You know, which sometimes leads to, you know, for example, in New York, where people running across the platform trying to guess which which train will leave first. But again, I don't think that's very beginner friendly either. No, not at all. Uh, Especially like if one's an express train, too, and one's not. I mean, it might be marked, but you still have to figure that out, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I guess... You know, I've I've also taken, for example, you know, the the, the flushing line all the way down to its end. Um, you know, it's 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 uh, lots of the system are very crowded, indeed, um, and there's not always air conditioning, so it's not you know always a pleasant experience. Can get very tiring, especially if you're you know finishing a day of work or school. But I will say, you know, in my experience, one of you know. In my experience, you know, for example, the good, the the benefits of the New York City subway is again, it's a, it runs twenty four hours a day, um, which means that when I was in New York City, um, you know, I, I I after studying for a super long day, I would get pretty hungry at at night at two two a.m. or whatever, and thankfully I could you know since the subway's still running, I would just take the subway down to Midtown or downtown Manhattan, and then buy some. Get some get some nice New York City dollar pizza as a midnight snack, um, which was quite nice. Thanks to the subway. Yeah, it's it's astounding that it's been able to run for for twenty four hours for for so long, and also like maintain its ridership as well throughout that period. 
I do remember during COVID that it had cut its 24-hour service and it upset a lot of people. So it's nice to see that that's returning and, and getting full use again. Yeah, that was pretty funny because, like, you know, it's another defining feature of New York. The New York subway, at least. Like, you know, we're proud. You know, we're not Chicago or L.A. or Washington or whatever. But we run 24 hours a day. Um, so, but in, like you said, it is returning back to normal, which is nice. I guess before we move on from the subway, I do want to briefly mention its, its connections to the airports in New York because they they exist and, and are discussed. When you went to New York, did you ever use the subway to get from an airport? I've actually, the only airport I've ever been to in New York is Newark. So, not... Yeah, I guess in that case, you can't use the subway. Yeah, you can't really use the subway. But you've flown into New York, right? I have, and I flew to JFK, but we took the more time, or I guess time efficient option, which is the Long Island Railroad. It is significantly cheaper to use the subway because the subway is only like two seventy five a person. I want to say, I could be totally wrong, but I think they might charge a bit extra if you were to use uh, Howard Beach, or I guess it's the air train that's more expensive. The air train from from JFK is is really expensive. It's like six dollars per person just to go to either Howard Beach or Jamaica, which is, is annoying. But the subway is consistently cheap. It's two seventy five. So that would have been a lot cheaper compared to the like uh ten dollars or fifteen dollars it was for the LARR. But it does take a while to get from Howard Beach into the city, so it's not for everyone. And of course you have to, to bring your luggage on board too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean the the air train to JFK airport does sort of um, I just want to get this right. It serves Jamaica and Howard Beach. There's no connections to Newark from the New York City subway, obviously, but to LaGuardia, to LaGuardia, it's also just like there's only buses to and from the subway station, right? Yeah, and actually, there's a lot of debate over that because there's been a lot of proposals to build a, an an air train almost system that connects from the subway to the airport, and a lot of people have been critical about it, saying it's completely useless because it's not going to get enough ridership and it's uh, extremely expensive because in, in reality like what's the difference between a transfer bus and a transfer train i mean people would probably use a train more but like in terms of what they offer they're the same essentially i mean at this rate you know if uh if if new york cares about quality at all they'll nuke LaGuardia and then you know build and build <laughs> something from scratch there because <laughs> well then i've heard really good reviews actually about the new terminals that they're building of course they literally have to rebuild everything but they'll get there at some point i mean i don't know the only i i only know about you know general uh, like folklore wisdom about laguardia but i'd say you know if, if they were to nuke laguardia because it's too it's too horrible then they should probably nuke new nuke newark as well because um the new york city the new york city airports are not super pleasant to say the least yeah well especially when i was at jfk it's just so disconnected from everything the air train is almost a necessity but the air train in itself is also not very it's not it wasn't my favorite because you have to walk quite a distance from some of the stations to even get to the terminals whereas i mean you the one the terminal five for JetBlue was quite close to the station but terminal four was probably a 10 minute walk just to even get to the station from the terminal Mm. so i think the sfo air train is a lot better but of course the 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 it's it's amazing that you can have a an air train that connects all the way out to Jamaica or Howard Beach 
it's a bummer they charge for it and i would wish it was free but people still use it and it's and it works mm-hmm. yeah but actually let let's that's a good transition point to the next group of transit in new york city which is all the commuter rail so first of all um so first of all um you know with the different systems the most famous one um and probably in the most utilized in fact of the new york city commuter rail systems is the long island railroad or the lirr um which you took from what you just said you took from jfk airport into the city um so let's um why don't we start with that how was how was that experience and your lir experience in general it's 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 decent they have a variety of rolling stock that they use uh, along the different lines and it's also dual mode so the train i was on was electric but if you travel farther out on long island they they eventually run on on diesel but at least from jamaica to new york or to penn station specifically there's a lot of service and you can probably get a train close to every 10 to 15 minutes mm-hmm. so it's pretty convenient for coming from the airport which is what we were using it for and some of the st- services operate more locally and make like four or five stops in between uh, Jamaica and Penn Station, and there's some that go uh, with only z- some go nonstop, or some make one stop in like Woodside or Cute Gardens. But there's it's certainly good in terms of what's offered and how many how many services there are. Um, the tr- the trains are are nice on the inside. They're they're st- I guess standard commuter rail. It's like a two three configuration, so it's a bit cramped. But they're they're modern. Most of the train cars are pretty new. Again, similar to the subway, they're they're all stainless steel, so they're not really the the most aesthetically pleasing, and are are still pretty reminiscent of like older commuter trains. But you know, it works. It's it's it can be drab at times because it's kind of a boring single level stainless steel commuter train, but it's it's nice. Yeah, and I presume there's not a lot of scenery in beautiful Long Island suburbia. Huh? No, there was, I was expecting kind of like a, a more urban vibe and it kind of was like that where you have some, like more of the, the I guess the, the townhomes and the, and the row houses and the, and the elevated trains. So it, it was some of that, but it was, it wasn't really that nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never been on the LNR just because, you know, I've, I've never had any business on Long Island itself. Um, but I mean, you know, just looking at the map, it does seem to be pretty extensive as well. Just like the, just like how the New York City subway is with um, New York City in general, Long Island Road certainly does seem to you know cover a lot of different portions of, of Long Island, extending all the way to to Montauk, um, all on the coast. It's it's it is really extensive, and it would be cool if you could have just like an extensive network like this elsewhere. I mean. It- I guess Long Island is is relatively highly populated and and dense in places. Of oh, course, it's, it's super suburban, dense, but yeah. but if we had train lines like this in like L.A. that ran as frequently as it did in 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 New York, that'd be pretty nice. But I don't think we're gonna get that anytime soon. Yeah, it's really interesting because like I know, um, especially as you get further east on Long Island, like you know closer to the Montauk area, it's really not you know. It, the whole progression sort of goes from super dense urban core in, um, in 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 downtown in Manhattan to you know pretty densely populated um, uh, Brooklyn to then oh you know 
vast suburbia in, you know, further out east in Long Island to then sparser and sparser and sparser populated um, suburbia. And then as as you approach, you know, the, the, the final segments of the Long Island Railroad, uh, in all of the branches, to be honest, um, it, it, it honestly starts to approach a more, you know, rural setting, um, as I've seen on the maps. You know, there's not a lot of major settlements either. Um, it caves to more, you know, country parks and, and, and you know, golf courses. And uh, you start to get a view of, of, of the sea as well. So I think that's that's really interesting of how, you know, even though... Um, you wouldn't really consider that to be New York City at all. You wouldn't consider that to ha- really have any sort of connection with New York City in any shape or form. Um, it's still served by the Long Island Railroad with a direct connection into downtown Manhattan, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, the the Montauk line literally serves one of the richest parts of the country in the in the Hamptons, and I, to my knowledge, actually gets a fair amount of use from the the people that live there. Because it is only a two and a half to three hour train ride, which in itself seems rather long, and and for a system that's generally more of a commuter rail system, but I'm sure that that people uh, do commutes like that from time to time, especially maybe more closer to the the I guess the Spionk area or the or the more central parts of Long Island. But it's interesting that there's still options to go from Montauk to to Penn Station early in the morning. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they all you know. Early in the morning, definitely. But then, you know, all another thing which is, is sort of interesting is that like they all convene through Jamaica, except for you know one branch, uh, one or two branches. But all of the major Long all the major branches from you know, the the good the good chunk of Long Island all convene through Jamaica, and they all go into New York Penn Station, which certainly you know especially given its caliber and especially given how New York Penn Station also serves a lot of commuter rails and coming from a lot of commuter rails uh, lines coming from the other direction in New Jersey. You know, I, 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 I haven't experienced before, but I'm sure that would make for a incredibly busy and dare I say congested sort of, sort of setting. Yeah, well, and it kind of it does reflect in that because the the Long Island Railroad is the the busiest commuter rail system in the country, and then the the Metro North is the second busiest in the country. And I don't know if where uh, New Jersey Transit stacks up on that list, but I believe it's it's certainly up there uh, in the top ten. Mm-hmm. But but actually, spe- speaking of metro north um have you taken it before i have not my couple people in my family have i have seen it a lot when i was i was at the new haven train station for a couple hours waiting for a train oh so i saw some of the trains leave from there did you not take the the um metro north into new york city from new haven no, well, we that was this past summer, so we started in New York and we took the train to New Haven, but that was Amtrak, which was which which is a lot quicker because the the Metro North makes a lot of stops, oh, and can take but, over two hours, but, but Amtrak's only about an hour and a half. But still into New York City, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I see. I see. I see. Um. But yeah, I mean, I guess you know, looking at the map, I've I've never been on it either, but it does, um, definitely seem to serve its purpose of connecting. 
um, the sort of mid-tier cities on the periphery of, of New York City, from Poughkeepsie and Poughkeepsie and New Haven, the two big ones. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely seems like, you know, a, a standard commuter, commuter rail line, um, one which, you know, connects the, the richer suburbs, especially in Connecticut, down to New York City. What is interesting, though, is that almost all of the, well, I'm sorry, all of the other commuter rail systems, including the, the ones in New Jersey and the Long Island Railroad, they all terminate in New York Penn Station, but the Metro North is the only one which still terminates in Grand Central Station in Manhattan. So I guess that's a little bit of fun trivia. Mm-hmm. I think there there may be some reasoning for that, at least, because so Penn Station requires trains to be fully electric, which makes sense because it's underground and it'd be terrible to have diesel trains running down there. Mm-hmm. And since uh, both the Hudson Line and the Harlem Line are still dual mode right now and run diesel trains for the bulk of the route, I don't think they can actually use Penn Station legally. Uh, of course, it would be harder for them to actually run into Penn Station because they have to adjust the route a bit. But Grand Central still allows diesel trains, which makes sense for, for Metro North because they still have to run a lot of diesel trains, especially on the Harlem line, which is fascinating how, how far it goes into the countryside and to some of the small towns. It literally has a station for the, the Appalachian Trail for hikers to get off at, which I, th- I think is interesting. Oh, it does? Wait, which one? It's almost it's near Wasaic. It's and well the line is also interesting because it, it stops at southeast and then they have a, a I guess a shuttle train that runs between southeast and Wasaic because that line is so sparsely populated that they can't uh, run trains and expect to get full capacity all the way out to Wasaic. So they run some of these smaller shuttle trains just to connect into southeast. Huh. Um, I, I I'm just looking at this I'm just looking at this on Google Maps right now. But yeah, it's um what four, four stations from the terminus at Wasik, and it's the station is literally called Appalachian Trail, and wow, it's in the middle of nowhere. Well, it's one of those stations that you have to request to get off at beforehand because right. it's it's like really it's like a wooden platform that only fits one of the doors, but it's it's interesting that it still serves the train. Huh, that's really cool, and and right from New York City too. Wow. Interesting. But, I mean, yeah. Um, what were you saying before about, you know, Grand Central and Penn? I mean, I guess, I guess you know, it maybe in the future we can see, you know, one, one mega New York City station if Grand Central ever closed. Um, because, again, you know, don't forget that not only does Penn serve all the other commuter rail lines, but it also serves Amtrak, which has a huge presence out of new york city um but yeah i guess that'll be interesting to see as well wow this appalachian trail i'm just looking at this appalachian trail station that's really really interesting yeah well and also it is nice that in a city like new york as compared to uh, I guess Chicago in particular, there is actually a, a connection, a transit connection between the two main stations. You can take the S shuttle between Grand Central and I guess Times Square, but then you can also transfer to to Penn Station pretty easily. But you can't do that at all in other cities like Chicago, where you have like the OTC and Union Station just separate from one another. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, it's not like in Chicago where you have to you know, walk. The only form of transit is to walk because they're not 
far enough to offer any sort of meaningful transit. But let's talk about let's talk about the final set of commuter rails, which are all the ones in New Jersey. Have you, let's ask, have you been on any of those before? Fortunately, I have not either. I've I've also it's similar to M to the Metro North. I've seen them quite a bit, uh, and know what they look like on the inside because they're they're fairly similar to the MBTA bi level trains that I've been on. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I have not been on them. I have video clips of my brother being on them, riding on them, <laughs> but I have not been on them myself. Mm-hmm. How about you? Have you? I have I have not because you know actually this one time I was I was close to because. We were planning to get in, uh, to book a stay in Newark instead of in New York. Um, and so, you know, that would have required me to take um, the PATH train, the Port Authority Trans Hudson, into into New York City. But we ended up getting a, a stay that was in just on Manhattan. So it was certainly much more closer to where the action is. Um, but... I want to talk about these lines in the context of their connections to New York. So, for example, with PATH, right, um, there is four lines, red, green, blue, and red, green, yellow, and blue. And, um, you know, I think it's, and, and there's really only two connections, two shall we say, lines to, to, what do you call them? Two crossings of the trans, of, of the Hudson River from New Jersey into, into Manhattan. Um, two of the lines of path, the, of the path trains terminate at the World Trade Center, and the other two go along a few stations, along 9th, 14th, 23rd, and 33rd Street um, in New York, in, in, you know, sort of along the New York City subway subway stations as well. Um, but, I mean, in terms of all of these, right, I this is sort of one thing which has always sort of struck me as being slightly odd, which is that, you know, Manhattan, right, is, is of course, you know, the center of everything, um, the center of, 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 of New York City, the heart of New York City. Right. It's where all the action is. It's always surprised me of how how relatively minuscule the number of connections across the Hudson River to and from New Jersey are. It's it's really only those two. Um, yeah, they are surprising to me. Fairly well used. Path has a, a, a quite a bit of ridership, and it's one of the the busiest commuter rail systems in the country, if you can call it a commuter rail system. Uh, because it does, as as this map shows, it goes out to Newark and it goes to World Trade Center, like you mentioned. But in addition to PATH, like you're right, you can only take Amtrak or New Jersey Transit across the Hudson. Uh, so there's there's really not a lot of options. But I guess those options can get you a lot of places. Of course, you can take Amtrak all the way south to to Florida, or uh, to to New Orleans, or you can go up to the Northeast Corridor. But I mean, I mean. Do, do they need other connections? I mean, that's it's, it's just always struck me as sort of odd because, you know, you look at, for example, the East River, right, which has bountiful, bountiful connections of Long Island Railroad and also the New York City subway. And then you look across the Hudson and there's really only three connections total, two of Path and then one of 
New Jersey Transit um, utilizing the same tunnel, the one that goes to Penn Station as well, uh, which I guess is is sort of is definitely valuable because New Jersey Transit has like what one two three four five six seven eight nine nine lines that go into into New York City that go into Penn Station. So you know most of so it's not like you know New New Jersey is um, deprived of connections to direct connections to New York City. But it just always surprised me, you know, there's only one point of connection. For example, um, for example, you know, the, the, the area around Union City across the Hudson River by the Upper West Side, there's just not really any transit connection there at all. You really have to, your only option is to like go down south and then cross by, right. by you know, New Jersey Transit or whatever into Manhattan. It's always sort of well, it- surprised me. And the and the Lincoln Tunnel and the George Washington Bridge are always so heavily congested. Oh, they, yeah. could, they could easily build something just to to re- to mitigate that traffic, which, I mean, maybe it's interesting because a lot of the the like, some of the cities north of the George Washington Bridge are are really affluent, and there's probably opposition to building a transit line under them. But, but I mean, uh, again, maybe closer to to Union City is possible. But I mean, again, you know, you you. If you've seen videos and and you know the news, the news likes to play a story about this every now and then because you know uh, right infrastructure bad um, tends to get a lot of views. But the Lincoln Tunnel, right, the, especially the one that's used by trains, is just so 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 like dilapidated, so derelict. Um, it, you know, it, it hasn't undergone any sort of real renovation or upkeep in the past hundred years. Uh, which I think is just you know a whole other reason to to get more, you know, to get uh, find another solution. Yeah, absolutely. And there's also just like also nothing in between the George Washington Bridge and the the Cuomo Bridge. They could easily build another nicer tunnel that would could funnel more traffic, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or just build another bridge over the Lincoln Tunnel completely, if that's even a possibility. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, again, right, because talking about connections with New Jersey to New York, it's always seemed, you know, also more inconvenient because, you know, for example, from Manhattan, right, like, let's say you're starting in Times Square or whatever, right? If you were to take, if you were to go from Times Square to downtown Flushing, right, it would cost you what? 275. 275. 275. One plane subway ticket, right? If you were to go from, say, Times Square to Jersey City, which is about the same distance, really, um, it would cost you just so much more because I, I don't know the exact numbers. I think it's like four, five dollars um, on path because, you know, the New York subway doesn't extend across the Hudson River into New Jersey. It's only path and New Jersey Transit, which cross the river, which they don't and you know, they don't charge subway prices because they're not a subway system. They charge commuter rail prices, um, which, I mean, I, I think diminishes so much connection and so much possibility for development, too. Because, you know, surely a connection to Manhattan would be amazing for your own economic development, eh? Yeah, it's just a bummer how they've, I guess, kind of botched that situation. I mean, PATH is fine, essentially, in what in what it does, but I don't think it's great to have sole reliance on PATH. 
and then some New Jersey transit trains that don't really run as often. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you, there is the possibility of going all the way down to Staten Island and going ar- completely around uh, and maybe taking a bus uh, a- across into Elizabeth, but that would obviously be very inconvenient. That would be horribly inconvenient. But, I mean, I guess I guess sort of, you know, you did, you did bring it up, but sort of, I guess, as the last dimension that we should bring is the Staten Island Railroad. Have, I guess, you know, keeping up, keeping with the pattern, have you been on, have you had any experience with the Staten Island Railroad? No, I have not. No. And I have never been to Staten Island. Likewise. So I don't really know actually much about it. I do hear that it's one of the more conservative parts of the state, which is, I guess, notable because it's in a super liberal city. But that's mostly all I know about it, except that this this railroad doesn't really do much except serve people going between the island. But it does look like the one actually useful station would be the St. George station that serves the ferry. But that's what I can mostly... Uh, get from it how about you do you have any experience with it no i've never been to staten island because you know i uh, who goes to staten island right <laughs> yeah you're right who does um and yeah you're right absolutely that you know the, the only useful one is the same George one that goes you know where the staten island ferry is but i guess you know one it always seems interesting when i look at the map it's like oh yeah there's a huge subway line connecting you know the entirety of subway, uh, staten island i almost said subway island there staten island there um which i guess you know is 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 wonderful for you know the, the, the affluent people who live along it but i mean there's there's i, I guess it'd be interesting to take it uh, someday uh what's also interesting is that they just decided to go right along this this one line and not extend it anywhere else into you know the the entirety of the rest of Staten Island, especially up north, um, which I guess would make sense, but it also doesn't make too much sense of why you would connect only this one line down the south um, to the ferry. When you know, I I would imagine that it would be better to have sort of you know more maybe one or two other lines extending into Staten Island, but um, also connecting to the ferry. But I think, you know, I guess the one the one interesting thing to say about it is that um, is that uh, fares are paid on entry and exit and exit only at St. George and Tompkinsville, which are the first two stations um, by, you know, by the ferry. And if you're taking if you're taking the Staten Island Railroad, you know, if they're not originating or terminating at one of those two stations, it's free, which is kind of dubious but i guess it makes sense though because for the most part i would imagine that's where most of its use comes from right uh, especially as people transferring to the ferry which uh, we should point out is the busiest ferry uh in especially busiest commuter ferry in the country uh and actually yeah busiest in the united states and the the world's busiest passenger only we did we did have this debate on ferries recently but when it comes to passenger only ferries it is the busiest with 23.9 million riders in 2016 um and in notes that it's popular among both the locals who obviously use it as a as a commute method to get to the city which is obviously preferable than driving on on the verizon and arrows bridge and heavy traffic and also heavy winds which seems to, to sway the bridge a lot but 
it also has a lot of popularity among tourists and visitors too because of course if when you take the ferry from staten island to new york you go through a lot of the the major tourist attraction areas like you but by, by the statue of liberty and whatnot so it's, it's also very scenic yeah that's like the tip of, i think that represents staten island super well all the tour you know you're 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 on the sort of edge of you know just super world famous choice destinations and you get a ton of visitors the only thing is as soon as they get to you they turn right back and take the ferry back to manhattan <laughs> which um i guess i guess is how it i guess is how it is um but yeah i um i think yeah that's that's about all the systems of of new york that we've covered eh yeah, I guess the the commuter rail is important, um, and maybe if we're on the topic of New Jersey Transit, it worth it's worth pointing out that there is the random spur line from Atlantic City to Philadelphia that is not connected to any of the other uh, train lines that even run into New York City. So it's interesting that there's no connection there, uh, or I guess notable connection. But well, I guess in reality, yeah. I guess you can take the River Line from the the Atlantic City line to Trenton in New Jersey and then take New Jersey Transit from there directly into New York Penn Station. But at that point you'd be like spending like thirty like like what, forty dollars on transit fees already. So maybe not be it's probably not too much in the spirit of, of public transit. Um Yeah, I mean it's it's doable. Yeah, it's possible. Maybe. But um as we do in Transit Talk, we will we do assign the city overall, including all um, of, including all the systems themselves, the ease of connections, and the different options, a, a letter grade. So, with A plus being absolutely perfect and F minus being absolutely horrible, what grade would you give to the New York City area? I would probably give it uh, a B. I think most of the systems are pretty poorly designed and are dirty and uh, the stations aren't very attractive but mm. in terms of all of the cities in the u.s none of the cities even come close to the amount of services offered and the amount of commuter rails you can take into every single part of the nearby states and obviously the subway going everywhere is, is great so i think i think a a, a, a b minus is, is good because I mean, I, I feel bad that I'm I'm downgrading a system that is so extensive and has <laughs> the most stations, I believe. Uh-huh. But it it needs work. I think I would. Well, let's let's. I, I I'm gonna compare New York City to the two other trans cities that we've done trans review on before, which are San Francisco and Chicago. I think New York City is definitely better than San Francisco. Number both, number one, because New York City has a wider extent of service number two it is um uh number two it is you know the, the times are certainly much better new york city runs 24 hours a day meanwhile bart shuts down at like what 9 p.m um and then number mm-hmm. three it is billions and billions times cheaper than the bay area rapid transit uh maybe it's not it's, it's probably not as clean but then again bart is not exactly super clean either so I think New York City, well, I would put it above the San Francisco area. Um, in terms of Chicago, I um, hmm, that that's a good question because they're both pretty extensive. Um, 
the Chicago metro rails are, are very extensive into the, the Chicagoland suburbs. I would say, hmm, I would probably give New York City the slight edge over Chicago because, again, it does run 24 hours, but also because of the, the greater variety of options um, of, you know, the subway that, that is very extensive, um, as well as, you know, for example, the ferry that we talked about, um, but also because of the fact that, you know, there's, there's sort of a greater cohesiveness in New York City than in Chicago with its, you know, as we mentioned, four different termini of commuter rail. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though Chicago may be sort of more beginner friendly in terms of, oh, here's a train, right? It's going in this direction. It's on this line. It stops at every, it's going in this direction. It's going to stop at every station. Um, even though it may be more simpler, um, the price is about the same. And, you know, I think as you mentioned, right, you do eventually get the hang of New York City. So I think I would give New York City probably on the border between a, B plus and an A minus. I think that's where it would fall for me. Interesting. Yes, sir. A wide a wide disparity between our grades. Maybe maybe mine's closer to a B, but still. Maybe. Yeah. I would I would say I think Chicago's better just because it's a lot cleaner and and it is runs really well for the most part. But. Well, actually, I actually I actually took the and you know I know we're getting close to time, but I actually took the Chicago subway. Uh, what when I went to Mexico, so I had to sort of refresh it on what it was like, and uh, I was re- reminded of how unspecial, not super special it was. Um, you know, it's 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 definitely not the cleanest by any means, but then again, you know, it does do its job. Um, but then again, you know, all the all all subways in the world sort of do their job. Um, but in any case, yeah, so we've had our chance to share our own respective New York experiences. Um, obviously, New York City, right, there's there's a reason they call it the city that never sleeps. Whatever whatever the name they call it, center of the world or whatever. Um, I don't know, something. But it is certainly very rich in transit as well. Uh, you know, we, we bashed... We heavily bashed the New York City subway, but we also gave it not abysmal grades. Um, but again, you know, the, the, the only way to, to truly experience what it's like, all the facets, uh, is to take it yourself. Um, and hopefully, maybe you can be the next one as well to take out your phone at the right time and record a viral internet sensational video of a rat dragging a pizza down the stairs into the subway. Thank you.